this time, I invite you to please stand for the reading of our second reading from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, according to what we just read in Acts, the Holy Spirit comes with unsettling power and also initially creates confusion. People are like, what is going on? The disciples are still huddled in the upper room, still hiding out in fear. And right in the middle of their safe hideout, the Holy Spirit intrudes. The sound like a rush of a violent wind and tongues of fire. These are not exactly safe-seeming things. Tongues of fire, violent wind. These are things that upset, that upend life. And in a sense, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The people coming to Jerusalem to worship, they come like they have come every single year at every other festival. They're there on this particular day for something called the Festival of Weeks. It was a harvest festival where people would bring in their first fruits of the harvest and offering to God, and all males were required to be there. And then the Holy Spirit intrudes on this festival, 
at a time of worship that perhaps had become all too predictable, all too routine, and suddenly God's power shows up in a new way. And it falls not just on the men that were supposed to be there, but the Holy Spirit is there for men and women. The Holy Spirit comes not just on the privileged and well-to-do people allowed there, but the Holy Spirit is there for those who have been made slaves, who never would have been welcomed before. If you look at this map up here, all of those places are all the places that were named in our Acts reading today. And just look at the variety and the expanse of where those people were coming from. These are people who are coming from different communities, different regions, who have different backgrounds. And one of my teachers once said, it's a miracle of communication. The Holy Spirit unifies people in Jesus Christ who have not been able to hear this message before. And after the Holy Spirit gives power to Peter, he's able to put aside his fear to get up and speak to thousands of people about Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit creates a new kind of community. With the Holy Spirit's power, these hiding disciples are able to break out of their locked doors and live beyond their fear. They're able to share the news of Jesus and what they say and what they do. And they go out from that locked room and the story of the church begins. They go out to tell about Jesus and also they go out to feed those experiencing hunger to love those who are unlovable, heal those who are sick, welcome the unwelcome. The Holy Spirit moves them to help others experience Jesus Christ in a very real way. The barriers that kept them in that locked room are not gone. There is still plenty of danger out there. What we learn just a few chapters later is one of them gets killed for talking about Jesus. The barriers are not gone. The world hasn't changed. But the Holy Spirit has come to empower them to get through it. And so I wonder, how about for us today? What things stop us from living in the power of the Holy Spirit? What things get in our way from living fully, faithfully today? And that's not just a question for right now, but something for us to reflect on in the days ahead. What things get in our way from living fully, faithfully today? Is it busyness? Is it a lack of skills, a lack of confidence, a lack of resources, something else? In what ways might the Holy Spirit be moving each one of us through these barriers? Because that same Holy Spirit that first came upon those disciples is also the one who is with us in a powerful way today, who continues to guide and speak through us. I mentioned that the Holy Spirit first comes at a harvest festival, when people are bringing their first fruits of the harvest and offering to God. And what a perfect time that God chooses to show up and do something new. Because the Holy Spirit is all about abundance and creating a harvest of gifts and talents and faithful living in us. And so today, I really want to celebrate the work of the Holy Spirit among us. Just this past week, Pastor Eric and I received a note from our Director of Evangelical Mission in our Synod, Pastor Rebel Hurd, and she let us know that each year there's one recipient of the Holy Cow Award, and this year our church is that recipient of the Holy Cow Award. That's why this trophy is up here today. And what it's for is for the congregation in our Synod who has given the most for ELCA World Hunger, and we did that in 2022. 
partly because we had an overabundance of offerings in 2021, and we chose to give thousands of it away, much of it to world hunger and disaster response. We also allowed our young people to choose where some should go, and they chose to give some last year to the Ukraine crisis. And so once again, that worked through disaster relief to help those who are in war-torn areas. I, we also learned, and I believe what Pastor Rebel Heard said, was that in our regular mission dollars, what we put in the offering plate and send on to the larger church, something like 30 cents of every dollar that goes to the larger church automatically goes to ELCA World Hunger. So when you give your offering, you automatically are helping that as well. But through your generosity, through things like our 40 days of giving in Lent, last year we were able to give something like over $55,000 to ELCA World Hunger and Disaster Response. And this week we also received a certificate from the larger church for being one of the ELCA's most generous congregations to ELCA World Hunger and Disaster Response. Now that's really cool. Really cool to get a certificate and to get this trophy that we get to have up here that looks a little strange up here, but here we are. But we know that's not why we do the work. And that's not at all why I share this today. We have some resources in our community and our church that other churches don't have in other communities. So it's great that we can give. I share all this to point to the harvest of abundant ministry that the Holy Spirit is creating here to the ends of the earth. We've been doing this series on Acts throughout the last several weeks, and we end it today. And the series started with something Jesus says in Acts 1. He says to his disciples, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And I want to share how that's happening today. Some of you might get a publication from ELSA World Hunger. I just got that this past week as well. And they shared stories about how those dollars are being used. And I want to share a couple of those. One is in a remote village in Nepal. If you remember, several years ago, there was an awful earthquake in Nepal. And they talked about one girl who was 16 at the time, was out collecting firewood, and then the earthquake hit. And when she got back to her village, people were crying and homes were demolished. This village is so remote that it took over a week for the government to be able to get them resources. And so ELCA Disaster Response partnered with organizations that are already on the ground there. Lutheran World Relief was already working on an electricity project in that same village. And so we were able to partner with them to rebuild the homes and to make them stronger than they were before. And so this girl who was 16 at the time is 24 now. And she talked about how it gave their community confidence and gratitude that in spite of the other challenges they still face, their homes are now strong and safe. And rebuilding a village after a disaster like that, it can take years. And thanks to ongoing generosity, Disaster Response has been able to hang in there with those survivors for years to help them fully rebuild. It also happens in a group of rural communities in Brazil. The people living in those remote communities in Brazil were descendants of Afro-Brazilian enslaved people who finally fled their slavery and ended up in isolated communities where they would be free, but they were isolated from the rest of Brazilian society. And they've struggled against inequality for centuries. 
They've often been lacking basic resources like running water, sanitation, health services. And so the ELCA partnered with a Brazilian group to go and to work for legal rights for people in these remote villages to help them get basic services, like helping their families get access to schools for children and find other resources, and ELCA is doing work like that. They also were able to help a woman named Tatiani build a sustainable livelihood and a healthier future for her community. They taught her new agricultural training, and they got her a space so she could sell her surplus crops at the market. Much of the food grown in her garden goes to her community. Before this, they mainly ate beans and rice, but now they have things like potatoes and sweet potatoes and strawberries and carrots and lettuce and broccoli and a whole bunch more. ELCA World Hunger works with these local partner organizations across the world, like this one in Brazil, to not just provide a meal for someone, but to change lives. And you are connected in that, in the generosity that you share. You are a part of being Jesus' witnesses to the ends of the earth. And we celebrate that today, the ways the Holy Spirit is working among us and through us, the way it helps us partner with other churches across our nation, but also with people across the world to do far more together than we ever could on our own. And it's not just about the offerings you give, but I've been thinking a lot about the hands-on ministry that you do, especially about youth ministry this past month. This past year, 35 adults and older youth agreed to be a confirmation mentor for our 7th through ninth grade youth. 35 adults agreed to come and spend their time to have faith conversations with youth here and be another adult who supports them. Eight adults agreed to be confirmation guides and to come every single Wednesday to meet with a group of 7th through ninth graders to have those faith conversations and once again be yet another adult that supports them in their lives. 19 other older youth and adults have agreed to volunteer and help out with Sunday school and our fifth and sixth grade group and our elementary workshops and loft time. And all of these numbers don't include all the committee members that are a part of the Education and Youth and Family Committee that do other ministry for our youth. On top of all that, we changed how we do our Wednesday meals for our young people, and we ended up this past year with about 60 people 60 different people who volunteered on Wednesday evenings to help make meals happen, especially for our Calvary students. That's about 120 adults and older youth in our congregation who made a commitment this past school year to spend their time and their energy to be a support and to build relationships with young people. 120 people. That's a lot of people. And it's not just about throwing awesome numbers out there. But this is about the Holy Spirit creating and building community. In addition to our regular faith conversations that we've had with young people in confirmation, this year we decided to talk about some serious topics. And so we talked about bullying and anxiety and sex and relationships, and we talked about suicide, all from a faith perspective. And in those conversations, we wanted our young people to know that we are here for them that this church is here for them as another place of support. Just last week in our first listening circle, 
I got to sit down with a group of our high school students, and I said to them once again that if they have friends, I mean, of course, if they do, but if they have friends who are struggling with something or who just need support that they're not getting somewhere else, they can come to Pastor Eric and myself. We can be that support for them because that's why we're here. The Holy Spirit is the one who enters into our day-to-day life when we are just expecting more of the same, and the Holy Spirit does something new. Instead, the Holy Spirit brings us together and unites us in the midst of our differences so that we can more fully be a people of abundant welcome and grace in this place and also out there wherever we go. Thanks be to God. Amen.